Hello and welcome to episode number 76 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, and today's episode is entitled Breakfast and Chinese Food. If you know anybody in the community that's making a difference, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll shout them out in an upcoming episode and explain their impact on the community. This week, we'd like to recognize former West Vancouver High School football coach and teacher Gary Schwartzfeger for his years of dedication and support for all those in the football community. His commitment to his players and students was special. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on Instagram. The link to do so is available in the episode description. The Heart of Teaching proudly supports Mom Stop the Harm. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with my student producer, technical advisor, and marketing manager, Nathan Rivers, and thanks for being with us today. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about young adults and young adults at risk and a program that I became involved with and a basic concept that really helped our community out and this program. And it was directly related to breakfast, lunch, and treats. Now, I'm not going to try and profess to be an expert when working with young adults at risk, but you know, the, the following story kind of illustrates what feeding the kids did for the success we had in the classroom. So several years back, I was working with a group of young adults at risk, and some of the challenges were honestly quite significant, and they just couldn't function in a traditional classroom. I was actually limited to approximately eight students per class, and that was from grades eight through to 12. Now, with that few students in my class, I actually had a ton of flexibility, and, and I was able to do a lot of stuff that a, a more traditional teacher could not do, simply because of the size of students in their class. Now, having said that, there were some interesting times directly related to these kids, especially talking about their attendance, their actions, and ultimately their behavior. So, how did I manage these troubled kids initially? I learned to take a deep breath and to try and figure out how to solve each individual puzzle. And those were actually the students. And that's where all of those pieces, all of those kids, eventually fit together. And more importantly, they bought in. They bought into what I was doing in the classroom and they were able to move through the school year successfully. Now, you know, honestly, I'm not going to try and talk about all my coping strategies in this one episode. I'm going to have to spread it out. I, I could do a ton of podcasts on my experience working with the most challenging kids in the schools and what I learned, but it, it would take hours and hours. And you know, honestly, some days I won with the kids and other days not so much. But when I started this program, here's the one thing that I tried. Now, here's the part where I bet you think I'm going to give you a social commentary on my philosophy once again on the concept of having their backs or IQ versus EQ. Uh, no, no, honestly. Although each one of those concepts is a given when working with kids. But in addition to those things, I would actually just feed the kids and give them stuff. Seriously. I bribe them with a variety of treats. And you know what? For the most part, I just had a ton of success. And as a result of that success, the kids' behavior really improved and there was just a ton of buy-in. Let me give you some examples. And this is when I first took over that program. If the kids arrived to class on time, I gave them breakfast. 
sometimes just a muffin and an orange, um, orange juice, and sometimes I'd actually take them downstairs to the cafeteria, and all the cafeteria was ready to go, and I'd cook them a full-on breakfast. I'd have eggs, bacon, sausages, sometimes pancakes, and I was actually really good in the kitchen, and I still am good in the kitchen. Now, if they came to school late and they didn't have an excuse, basically it sucks to be them. No breakfast. Tough love. But in most cases, that was pretty effective. They all got there on time. If they got there late, the food was put away and the dishes were washed and uh, they would just have to wait. But if they had a valid excuse, I'd run back downstairs and usually whip them up something. And guess what? As a result of those breakfasts, my attendance went way up. When I took that program over, the attendance was really bad and all of a sudden the kids just showed up on time. Now, they may not have been interested in school or my class, but they actually wanted to get fed. And as a result, their attitude started to change as well. So the learning was actually a byproduct of my cooking. And really, who would have thought about that? Now, still with that food thing, if you attended my class five days straight without being late, and you got all your work done and all your projects done for all the different classes, and you didn't have any meltdowns, and I mean major meltdowns, then you got the real deal. You got to go for Chinese food with me. I take all the kids once, maybe twice a month for Chinese food. This very inexpensive restaurant was just up the street and they charged the kids about $4 per meal. And the kids would get one protein, one rice, one noodle dish, and a soda. And the principal would pick up the cost. And that was absolutely amazing. Now the kids that would be left behind because they hadn't complied, they'd have to stay in the classroom, watch us leave, and they'd have to do work where an educational assistant would just supervise. And honestly, no one, no one ever wanted to miss Chinese food. We usually got back to the school halfway through the second to last period on this Friday. And for these kids, this was huge. And some of them never went to restaurants. And once again, this was, this was something that was really big for them. Now, when we get to these restaurants, we talk at lunchtime. And we talk about the good stuff that happened uh, during the month and some of the things that were more challenging. And I was real with them. I told them what I really liked about the month, and then I told them the stuff they needed to work on and things that had to get better. And I also used to tease them and say, because some of the crazy stuff you guys do, so I'm losing my hair. When you guys get wealthy, you're going to have to pay for a hair transplant. And the kids just start laughing at me. It Honestly, it was always a good talk, and I learned a ton about them. And, you know, equally as important and truthfully, they learned a ton about me as well and my expect expectations. In addition to that, when uh, one of the kids would have a birthday or, or something special was happening in their lives, I'd buy an ice cream cake from Dairy Queen and I'd put this sparkler on it. And then I'd usually get them kind of some kind of cheesy gift. And they were all forced to sing happy birthday. And if they didn't sing happy birthday, I used to, I used to threaten them. I used to say, no Chinese food. And all the kids would sing. And you know what? All the kids knew that that class was special. Now, those breakfasts and the occasional lunches and the celebrations, what they did was they added more substance and credibility to the coping strategies our department was already trying to accomplish and in order to support those kids who were at risk. So those things made a difference, and more importantly, added to the concept that our program was that one stable environment where they could be fed, listened to, and celebrated. And that was so important in these young adults' life. And I guess when you really look at it, it wasn't those meals and treats that actually made the difference, but what they represented. Those students knew that the principal and the staff and myself really cared about them.
and wanted them to be successful. And that's ultimately the reason for their buy-in. This is Dave Ruzicki with Nathan Rivers. Thanks for listening to us. We'll be back next week. Hopefully you will be too. Please take care, be well, and as always, peace. Peace.